Well, said Detective Sergeant Mickey Phillips, trying to give a cocky smile. Someone didn't like her. Phil Brennan shook his head, turned away from his new DS, and back to what was before him. The body had once been female. Now it more resembled something from a butcher's shop or a horror film. The woman had been stripped naked and severely mutilated, tortured. But amongst all that devastation, two things stood out for Phil. The first was that her vagina had been savagely mutilated, and her legs spread open at the base of the light tower. The second was that a word had been carved into her forehead. Whore. He was standing on the deck of an old lightship, moored to King Edward Key on the River Cone in Colchester. Each side of the river seemed to host two separate worlds. The quay held a ribbon of single-storey buildings, all fenced-off businesses, and none of them looking too prosperous. On the opposite side of the river, apartment blocks in glass, metal and wood, some cool and minimal, some gaudy and primary-coloured, lined the bankside. Phil shook his head, tried to clear away the thoughts that had preoccupied him, on his way to work, about his personal life. Shove them to one side, get on with the job. D.S. Mickey Phillips glanced down at the body. Is it? Do you think it's her, boss? I hope so, Phil said. I mean, I hope not, but yes, because I'd hate to think there was another. Julie Miller had disappeared a week last Thursday, twelve days ago. Phil hadn't dealt with the case directly, an ordinary missing person's not falling under the MIS remit unless foul play was suspected. But he had heard about it. In her late twenties, regular boyfriend worked as an occupational therapist at the Colchester General Hospital. Own flat, own car, and then one night she disappeared. The police investigated, found no signs of a struggle, forcible abduction, or murder. This our runaway, then? Detective Chief Inspector Ben Fenwick was walking up the gangplank, his blue suit, gloves, boots, and hood somehow not obscuring his smugness. I think so, sir, said Phil, knowing that sir gave the pretense of deference Fenwick liked. There was no love lost between the pair of them. Phil noticed Fenwick had brought with him a similarly blue-suited sidekick who stopped walking when he did. This is Detective Sergeant Martin. Rose. She was in charge of the original missing persons case. DS Rose Martin stepped forward, shared a small smile with Phil and Mickey, looked down at the body. What do you think? asked Phil. You've got a better idea than us, is it her? Yes. I think this is Julie Miller. Phil, said Fenwick, I'd like you heading up the team for this case, and I think it would be a good idea if Rose, D.S. Martin, that is, joined your team. Fenwick turned and moved away. As he did so, Phil noticed that his hand lingered on the small of Rose Martin's back for a few seconds longer than it should have done. Right, Phil said and made introductions. Looks like you're my team on this one. We may get Annie back, but we can't count on that, so let's get cracking. Before we do anything else, let's see what this scene tells us. Her head's facing towards the bow of the boat, 
her body in a straight line towards the cabin and the light tower. Her legs are apart. Is that deliberate? Looks deliberate to me, said Rose. Mickey pointed to the wooden deck. They're scuff marks. Could they be from whoever left her here? Could be, said Phil. There's blood on the floor, too, smudged where he's moved her. Sexually motivated, you think? Rose looked around the boat. Legs apart with a huge tower of light between them. That's Freud for beginners, isn't it? It looks that way. But let's not jump to conclusions. Wait till Nick Lines has his say. What we do know is she wasn't killed here, not enough blood. But she was left here for a reason. Her flat, said Rose. She pointed over the river to the apartment blocks. She lived there, in one of those flats. He nodded. Deliberate, then. Phil looked at his watch.